podcast land. You're set you down once again to combat sports run, or as we love to call it around here, CSWR episode 41. Today, we've got all kinds of things to jump onto and get over with MMA. We got a little bit of boxing. We got, we're all over the map. And I also want to make sure I don't bury the lead as I tend to do. Today's episode will feature my interview with Slow Mike Rodriguez coming off of his very controversial uh, last fight against Ed Herman. We absolutely address that topic. But we got a lot to get to before this. Let's go ahead and shout out to my boys on Lonely Island. Let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on. And we're diving right in. So today, we're going to cover our Dana White Contender Series, Invicta 42, uh, a little bit of boxing, UFC Vegas 11's full breakdown, Drea's drop of the night, awesome Rhino Gang Q&A before we get into the uh, slow Mike Rodriguez interview. So let's start with Dana White Contender Series. This one was not the most uh, memorable of all the DWCS series. Uh, first, we had Kyle Driscoll out of AKA going against Dennis Paiva out of Massachusetts. That one was, you know, it was a unanimous decision. It wasn't a super exciting fight. Kyle just gets the win, but no contract. Uh, then the most kind of pub coming out of the DWCS this week was Danielle Wolf going against Tanisha Tennant. Uh, Danielle Wolf was a uh, multiple-time national Golden Gloves champion boxer. This was her very first professional MMA fight, so what a stage to have it on. She looked like somebody who never fought MMA before, but had great feet, had great angles, did a good job with her hands. Uh, Tanisha Tennant was game, but even though she was more experienced, Danielle Wolf got the unanimous decision and got a contract. Obviously, that's based on potential more than anything else. Uh, then we had Corey Coop versus Michael Lombardo. Pretty boring fight. Uh, they got the most action was after the bell when they were yelling at each other. Uh, unanimous decision for Lombardo. No contract given. Uh, moving into the 145-pound division, Colin Anglin versus, oh, man, Muhammad John Naimov. I think I did that okay. Uh, Colin got the unanimous decision, but man, this was an exciting third round. Uh, Colin coming from Michigan originally, of course, I had a little bit of a stake in him, but you know, Naimov did a great job in there. Uh, it was a really exciting third. The first and second were okay, but the third round was really exciting. Great job by both guys. Uh, Anglin does get a contract for the UFC in the stacked featherweight division. Uh, then moving into the main, which was uh, Gregory Rodriguez versus Jordan Williams. You want to talk about a goddamn exciting finish, man? Jordan Rodri- Jordan Williams, excuse me, first round KO, beautiful combination. He gets a contract. I think they said it was his third time on the DWCS. So great for that kid. Um, he has a cool backstory. He's a good looking kid. I think this could be a real uh, player down the road, but he's still very young. So again, not the best DWCS, but it's our last one for a while. So I hope we enjoyed it. Uh, then moving into the Invicta FC 42. Again, Not I, I watched a lot of Invicta cards. This wasn't the most exciting one. I'm just going to go over the first four real briefly and then get into the main event a little bit. Uh, Helen Peralta, at a one day's notice, shout out to her, got a got a uh, win at catchweight of 120 over Jennifer Chang by decision. Then Victoria Leonardo versus Liz Tracy. Victoria got the UD at 125. Lisa Ver- Versoza got the split decision versus Raquel Cav- oh, man, Cantu, I believe, uh, 135-pounders. She got, again, that was split decision. Then our next was another decision, Jessica Dalboni versus Herica Tiburico and Jessica got the UD, but I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time on those fights because I got to jump into my fellow Michiganiac, Alicia Zapatilia, sub fourth round by Von Fluchoke over Ashley Cummings, gets the 105 pound belt. The Adam Weight Championship has been brought back to the mitten, the murder mitten, as some say in some songs, but man, Michigan, stand up for your new champ, Alicia Zapatilia, the tiny, thunder that she is uh super duper cool so once again fourth round von flu von flu choke or some would say osp choke now i think this is more uh current <laughs> reference but uh yeah dude beautiful choke for alicia she brings home the gold adam weights are oh they're so exciting and so fun bring them to the ufc i've been saying it for years adam weight division next dana let's make it happen captain you got your you got your front runner for the title is right there in alicia's appetite so Moving into our UFC Apex. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get into the UFC Apex 11, just a real quick blurb last night. Um, there was uh, Erickson, the Hammer Lubin versus Terrell Gausha for the 154 title eliminator fight. Not a super great fight. 
Erickson definitely was the aggressor, definitely landed more shots, got a clear UD on Showtime Boxing. But I definitely wanted to shout them out because Showtime Boxing um, doesn't get the same amount of publicity or the same amount of cred, uh, especially on social media. But they're still putting on some really good, interesting shows. Boxing is not dead by any stretch of the imagination. There's still a lot of really good fights that have been going on. So check them out if you get a chance. Showtime Boxing, the fun one from last night. I enjoyed it. Erickson Lubin versus Terrell Gausha. Uh, so we'll see We'll see what's next for those two guys. So now let's get into the meat of the matter, the, the main course of our breakdowns. UFC Apex 11 from Las Vegas last night, once again, in the 125-pound division, Tyson Nam versus Jerome Rivera. Uh, the first round, man, I gave to Rivera. Lots of leg kicks. Nam was really headhunting with that right hand. And, you know, it proved to be poignant because in the second round, huge overhand right lands. Fernam on Rivera, put him to the ground, finish up a little bit of GMP. Beautiful stoppage for Nam. You know, the 125-pound men's division doesn't, doesn't get a ton of knockouts, and this kid looks like he is capable at all times. I shouldn't call him a kid. He's like in his mid-late 30s. But Tyson Nam, dude, big win. Uh, yeah, that brought a little bit of a of what was that to come later on, right? So moving into the 135-pound division, we have my man Andre Yule. Versus the very tough Irwin Rivera. Uh, this was a very one-sided fight, not in talent, but just in output, right? So Andre Ewell, uh, to me, won all three rounds. They gave one one judge, uh, gave it to Rivera. I don't know how, but Ewell's fucking output was much better. He was cleaner. Rivera was just super-duper tough, stayed in the fight. Kept pushing forward. I was really, he earned a lot of respect for me that night. But Andre Yule gets the split decision. Should have been 30-27 if you're asking this podcaster. But, hey, who am I, right? <laughs> so, moving on to our next fight. So, yeah, big win for Andre Yule. Uh, moving into, oh, 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 my probably, my, well, not even probably, my favorite fight of the night, my favorite moment of the night, my favorite drop of the night, my favorite KO of the night. Holy shit. My dude, Randy, the Zohan Costa, Rhino Gang, Gang Gang, versus Journey Newsom. Man, right off the bat, it seemed like they just came out, circled around a few times, and then a beautiful left high kick for Randy. Knocks Journey down and out. He wasn't out for long, thankfully, but man, what a shot by Randy Costa in the 135-pound division. The Zohan, Disco Disco. Rhino gang. Oh, man, I loved it. Enjoy all the frozen peanut butter cups you can get into yourself for a little while, my man. You more than deserved it. And, boy, you know, in a sidebar, Randy got a lot of uh, ladies talking about him online. He was definitely uh, he was definitely somebody who came on the scene that a lot of the ladies were into because he's a handsome kid. So good on him. Can't wait to see what's next for him. Uh, then moving into Derek Miner versus TJ Laramie. This one, another quick one, man. First round, quick guillotine for Derek Miner. Um, you know, I, I like TJ Larrabee coming up the contender series. I think he's a good wrestler, but you can't just dive in on a double leg against somebody who is a expert at guillotines, dude. You just, that can't be a part of your game plan. So you live and you learn, but good win for, uh, for Derek. Another guillotine choke victory for him in the 145 or featherweight division. Uh, moving into Sarah Alpar versus Jessica Rose Clark. Now this one... Man, this was controversial. So originally, like at the beginning, uh, Sarah was definitely just trying to take it to the ground. Right? She didn't want any part of JRC on the fucking feet. There was some nice ground and pound by Jessica Rose Stark. She did a good job shirking off the takedown attempts. A lot of grinding against the cage. And then the controversial spot was in the third. Fucking, I, you, dude, there was a beautiful, clean knee, right? I can see how you would want to take a look at it again on the replay, right? ASMR ref Tognoni, uh, you know, I can get that, right? Like, oh, geez, that looked like it might have been illegal. We need to stop. I need to look. Once you saw that it was a legal strike, the fight should have been over. But for some reason, he let it continue. You, you don't do that. That's against the rule. But okay. So Jessica Rose Clark had to batter Sarah Alpar for a little while longer. Finally got the stoppage. Not a good look for Chris Tognoni again. I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. Yeah, ASMR ref, you, 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 need, you need a break, bro. You need to go somewhere else. So great win for JRC. Otherwise, it would have Jessica Rose Clark. 
Um, she's super active on Twitter. She's really funny. She looked great last night. Looking forward to seeing what's uh, going to come for her next. Sarah Alpar needs to take a long vacation. I know they said she was getting married in a few weeks. Take that. Take a long vacay. Yeah, you need to get your stand-up together before you want to uh, make any noise at 135, dude. That's for real. That's that's a shark tank, right? So, okay, moving into – these might be a little bit out of order, but let me move into um, – let me move into Myra Buena Silva versus Mara Romero Barella at the 125 pound division. Barella got the early takedown right; it was landing a little bit of GMP, but then Myra or Mayra Buena Silva put on a beautiful submission, took her out quick. Another first round. It was kind of a triangle armbar hybrid. Beautiful job by Buena Silva. I like that name, Buena Silva, uh, over the tough. Barella, great stoppage, great win, great sub. So uh, we'll move into next. We'll move into Mirsad Bektik with his very uh, high shorts <laughs> against David Jackson, the newcomer. Very grapple heavy. Bektik was dominant in most of the most of the time in rounds one and two, and then caught himself slipping. Dude, Damon Jackson, who's a longtime veteran and a good submission artist himself, uh, guillotined him for the sub in early in the third round. So it's got to suck, man. I mean, I know it sucks probably to lose anyway, but. It's got to suck to be dominant pretty much for two rounds and then get caught in a sub, but that's part of the game. That's part of what makes MMA so awesome. So, yep, that was that, dude. So uh, moving into the future prelim, Jordan Espinosa versus David Vorak. This one was more of a um, stay out of the way of each other mostly. Lots and lots of leg kicks, lots of little quick jabs and maybe the occasional overhand. Not super exciting. You know what I mean? It was just kind of a chess match. I believe they even called it a chess match last night on the broadcast, but yeah, David Dvorak got the unanimous decision over Jordan Espinoza in 125. So that was pretty much that fight. All right, now let's go ahead and get into our main card. Very exciting matchup on this one. Darren Stewart versus Kevin Holland. Uh, nice exchanges in rounds one and two. I, I gave them to Kevin Holland. Though. I mean, they were close, but I gave the first two rounds to Kevin Holland, 10-9. And then in the third, it was a big takedown for Darren, the dead Stewart. He was dominant the entire third. I don't think it was dominant, 10-8 dominant, but it was still dominant. So, yeah, it was a split decision. Kevin Holland got the nod. I had picked Darren Stewart to win this fight. I thought you could have made a case for him. But, yeah, I gave it to Kevin Holland, too, two rounds to one. We'll see if they run it back. There's been talk about them running it back. It was a good fight. It was exciting. It was close. Um, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the passion, right? So, at 185, Darren Stewart is a problem for anybody, and I think he'll be back. Kevin Holland, obviously, the same way. So, we'll see what happens next for those guys. But, uh, moving into, yeah, dude, moving into the Mackenzie Dern fight. Mackenzie Dern versus Random Marcos. Most of the first round, it was just basically Dern on top, sub-searching, right? And then right towards the end of the first, beautiful arm bar. I don't know why Randa wanted to go down to the ground with Mackenzie Dern, who was such a phenomenal jiu-jitsu practitioner. But, yeah, she got the arm bar. Mackenzie Dern, that is, got the arm bar on Randa in the first, right towards the end of the first. Another nice win for Dern. What's next for her? Well, I actually have an answer for that when we get into the Rhino Gang questions a little bit later on. Oh, man, the return of Johnny Walker. Boy, this one was fun while it lasted, right? Versus Ryan Spann. Uh, breaking off of the clinch early, Spann dropped Walker with a left hook, and that thought that might have been it for a minute. And then they rocked each other, right? And then <laughs> Spann kind of shot for a double. Johnny Walker hit him with some beautiful elbows, kind of like a standing ground and pound, if you will. Uh, got the stoppage, dude, in the in the first round. So the return of Johnny Walker, TKO over Ryan Spann. Yeah, you know, after after watching Johnny Walker, he looked great last night, to be honest. You know, he got rocked and he came back and he was he kept his composure. So maybe SBG is the place for him. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so what's next for Johnny? We'll, we'll talk about that again. I got a question about that in the Rhino Gang uh, section of the show. So moving on to Mr. Hype Train, Kazmat Shemaev got the first punch, first round KO for Gerald Mershart. I like Gerald Mershart, dude. He's a Rufus Sport guy. He's a good fighter. He's got a ton of experience. But Shemaev, I think, is on, you know, one of those rocket ships right now. Everything's just going right for him. He's got lots of heat, lots of hype behind him. But that's not, you know, heat and hype isn't going to get you to finish somebody with the very first punch. It's technique. And that's what he did. It was very early. First punch, click, he's out. Gerald Merchart went down. That was the end of the fight. So, Kazmat Shemaev, it looks like he's going to be going against Damon Maya next. And uh, that makes me very worried for Damian Maya. Uh, moving into the Cowboys, Cerrone versus Nico Price fight. This one was a really back and forth one. Nico, 
Nico, I thought was more aggressive. I think he landed more. Cowboy landed some bigger shots. You know, there was a lot of eye pokes in this one. Cowboy Cerrone is someone who I've loved for forever. I have not, however, liked what I have been uh, reading and hearing about lately. We'll we'll talk more about that another time. But Nico Price, I thought, did enough to get a slim uh, win, except for the fact that the eye pokes took away that point in the first round. So for me, it was 9-9 in the first round. Nico Price definitely won the second. And I thought Cowboy won the third. So by that, a fucking account, 9-9, 10-9, 10-9, that's a draw. And it was. It was a majority draw. One co- uh, one judge had it for Cowboy. The other two had it for uh, as a draw. So, you know, it was a draw. I don't know if that's the end of Cowboy. I don't know if that's what's going to be next for him. But, uh, yeah, I thought Nico Price edged that one out. But I'm okay with the majority draw. So, <sighs> we are now going to get into... The Colby Covington versus Tyron with the main event of the evening last night. So, D-Rain, let's go ahead and give Dre a call, and we can get through this one as um, briefly as possible. <laughs> and now joining us, ladies and gentlemen, is my feature player, Dre. We're going to go over the uh, main event kind of quickly because there's not a ton to talk about, right, Dre? It was mm-hmm. one-way traffic, as we like to say. Colby dominated from start to finish. Tyron had a couple little spots where he did some things, but for the most part, Tyron backing up, Colby pushing him up against the fence, landing little shots, uh, and then taking him down. It was it was a clean sweep for Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. How'd you see it? Basically exactly the same. It was a one-sided show for for Colby, in my opinion. So yeah, not a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, there was definitely a little bit of controversy with you know whether or not it was a rib injury. We don't know. Only Tyron really knows that. But the outcome would have been the same. Colby dominated. He won. There was some, you know, so there was a lot of uh, press, and a lot of people picked up his post-fight nonsense. We're not even gonna get into that, Drea. Let's go ahead and move our way into. Our main card. Oh, no, let's do Dre's drop of the night first before we get into main card picks. How dare I? How dare I skip through <laughs> the future play of Dre's drop of the night? Yes. How dare I, you? How dare <laughs> I? <laughs> I would be remiss if we did not explore this one first. So, Dre, your, your drop of the night, who did you pick? I think I got an idea, but let's go ahead and hear what you have for your famous Dre's drop of the night. Such a fun night of fights. Um, To be honest, I couldn't pick just one. So uh, there were two drops that I'm going to mention today. Um, First is our friend and previous guest here on CSWR, Randy the Zohan Costa. Uh, Randy Costa definitely shined bright last night with his um, beautiful head kick KO finish at just 41 seconds into round one. So um, he is my first drop of the night. Next, I have to talk about... Kamzat Shemaev. Shemaev came in, walked Gerald down, and with one punch, got the KO finish over Gerald Merchart. Um, I think Shemaev has officially made his statement loud and clear, and he's here to smash everybody. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think if there was anyone that doubted his uh, validity, you know, the, his whole hype train, I think everybody's basically now um, on board that he's He's not a joke. He's he's here, and I think he's going to go far. So uh, congratulations. My Drea's drops of the night uh, go to Randy Costa and Hamzat Shemaev. You know, if I've got to pick between the two, you know I'm sticking with our boy Randy Costa. Rhino, gang, 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 gang. All right. <laughs> For sure. I, I would have, but I'm like, ah. I, it I was a great job for Shemaev. I agree. They, it was, and they both even um, – Dana White, they they both got performance of the night bonuses uh, from the UFC, so that was awesome. Congrats that is very, them. very cool. All right, so let's mm-hmm. go ahead and get our main card picks together for UFC 253, and this week, I want to let you go ahead and lead off. What do you got the first fight of the main card for UFC 253? Okay, so we have uh, Hakeem Duwadu. Uh, I have him defeating... I'm not, I can't even say his name. Where Just say Tukagov. I have him winning. I'm going to say a KO. I think he's going to KO uh, him in round two. All right. I got Hakeem Duwadu winning by third round TKO over Zubaria Tukagov. Third round TKO for Hakeem. What about their next one? Okay, so next we have Sajara Eubanks versus uh, Ketlin Vieira. I am picking Caitlin. Uh, 
I, I went back and forth on this one. I am a Sajari Eubanks fan. Um, I think she's been doing great. But um, I think Kitlin's going to finish her uh, via submission. I think she's going to sub her round three. I have reversed my stance on Sajara Eubanks. I have picked <laughs> against her two times in a row, and both times I have lost. So I'm not doing that again. Oh, we went opposite. I'm, the last I'm, two times I picked her and you I didn't. Know. Oh, gosh. So I'm okay, going so. Sajara Eubanks by unanimous decision over Ketlin Vieta. I got Sajara. Pick, I'm picking her this one. I mean, she's not going to make a fool out of me three times and making me pick the wrong <laughs> way. So I got her on that one. What, do you, what about uh, what about next for you? Uh, Brandon Royval defeating um, Kai Carr of France. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a submission. Uh, and I think I'm going around to submission for Brandon Royval. I am opposite from you. I've got Kai Carr of France by third round TKO over Brandon Royval. Kai Carr of France, KKF. <laughs> Third round TKO for Kai Carr. That's new. I don't know that I've heard KKF. <laughs> I, I just came up with it on a whim. You don't think it's a happy accident. KKF. All righty. So uh, then we got Dom Reyes versus John Blockowitz. Um for this one. We got. Oh. Um, I went back and forth on this. Not that I don't think uh, Jan can do it, um, but I'm going Dom Reyes. I'm going a unanimous decision for Dominic Reyes. Yeah, I think Jan Mikovic is a very good fighter. I think he deserves to be there. I still think Dom Reyes, considering his last performance we saw him in, I, I'm going to go with Dom Reyes. Gets the nod. Yeah, I went back and forth between split decision and unanimous decision. I'm going to go split decision for Dom Reyes winning split decision over Jan Block, Lahovic. Uh, and then, boy, we got we got ourselves quite the fight, dude. Two undefeated mm-hmm. uh, for the 185-pound middleweight belt. Israel Izzy, the last style bender. I'm, I'm pausing for dramatic effect. <laughs> Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. I, dude. I think this one has a has the potential to be a phenomenal fight. I am going Izzy, unanimous decision. I think Costa wins rounds one and two with his aggression and hard punches. I think Izzy's technique, footwork, kicks, and cardio get him three, four, and five. So I've got Izzy, unanimous decision over Paulo Costa. Okay, we're different on this one. Um I said I don't like Izzy, um, but I think this is going to be his biggest, um, you know, toughest fight. I think Paulo's power is definitely gonna gonna test Israel, and I'm going Paulo by uh, KO TKO in round three. I don't wow. think I don't think Izzy's gonna gonna take his power too well. Andreas coming out. I know it's, oh, it's tough, but I hate to go against him because I don't like champions being dethroned, but I think this might be it. All right. Well, we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a huge, huge card. Incredible matchup, particularly the co-main and main looking forward to it. So yeah, we got, we'll have a new light heavyweight champion and we'll, we'll have either a, a defending or a new middleweight champion. So lots of, lots of big things are at stake. For UFC 253. All righty. Sure. So let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. I know our first one comes from the homie Raging Sweet Potato. What does he have for us this week, Drea? I would like to note that I am asking this question prior to Fight Night 178. That's true. When it, when it, <laughs> <laughs> I included it because he wanted to note it. So <laughs> yeah. uh, when it comes to hype trains, who is more responsible for them, the promoters or the fans? Uh, for me, it's 75% fans and 25% promoters. The promoter can give you like an initial push, right? But if the fans don't buy into it and get on board, like with social media uh, and the message boards and things like that, it'll die down just as quickly as it started. So to me, it's definitely the fans, the vast majority. Like I said, about 75% fans, 25% promoters. So that's how I see hype trades going and being sustained is uh, it's kind of like that formula. So thank you very much, Rage Street Potato. I know our next one comes from the dear homie Cyrus King. What does he have this week, Drea? Question of the day. How hard was it to see Colby Covington do that to Tyron Woodley? Second question. Do you think Woodley is physically shot or just mentally broken? Okay, part one, it's always frustrating to see Colby dominate anybody, okay, because I'm not a Colby Covington <laughs> fan. Uh, I've never really been a big Tyron fan. I love that he uh, 
knocked out Josh Koscheck. You know, that was a, <laughs> I was a big fan of that night, but overall, I've never been a huge Tyron Woodley guy. Um, again, it, man, I, I didn't like seeing it last night. Like part two, it wasn't terribly hard for me, but you know, so, so part two is, is, is Tyron what he once was both physically and mentally? No. No, definitely not. He might be running at about 80% of the Tyron Woodley that was the champion back in 2016. So um, he's not what he was four years ago. Is that enough to compete with, like, the top tier of the UFC at the 170-pound division? No. No, no it is not, dude. We've seen it. It's it, The time is gone for him to be against high-level competition. Now, if he wants to keep fighting and move down the line and be in the middle of the card, who am I to say don't do that? Go ahead. And I think he can be competitive with some fighters, lots of fighters, at 170, um, but right now, nowhere near what he once was. Not a top-tier guy. Should not be fighting anybody in the top 10 at 170. That's my opinion on that. Thank you very much, Cyrus King. I know the next one comes from, oh, man, the Einstein of graphic design, Dave Fretz. Dave Fretz, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Hey, Rhino. Who would you like to see Kamsat Shemaev fight next? Also, who is your dream interview, past and current? Well, we know the answer to the first one. The next for Chimaev is uh, Damian Maya. So you're talking about a phenomenal wrestler and striker going against one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners the sport has ever seen. So it's a very interesting fight. It's a very dangerous one for Maya. You know what I mean? He's older than I am, for Pete's sakes. I worry about the guy. I've always liked Damian Maya. So, yeah, that's going to be a rough one to watch, I think. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, a dream interview from somebody like in the past would probably be Joe Lewis. He's like... You know, they named a stadium after him in in Detroit where I grew up, and I grew up going there, and I love Joe Lewis. And, um, yeah, Joe Lewis would be somebody I would love to interview from the past. If you're talking about somebody who's still with us, Chuck Liddell, man, no no question about it. My favorite, my favorite UFC fighter of all time. I would love to interview Chuck Liddell. That would be that would be a dream come true, man. So definitely Chuck Liddell for current and Joe Lewis from somebody from the past. Uh, thank you, Dave Fretz. And if you guys don't already know, you gotta learn. Dave Fretz is the honest center graphic design, the absolute man when it comes to graphic designing work. Uh, hit him up at, at Dave Fretz, both at uh, on Twitter and Instagram, or at Solo Shoes. The dude can put together anything you want graphic design-wise. Bully B, if you're listening to this, dude, Bilal Muhammad, check out Dave Fretz for your project, dude. He is the best of the best of the best and a fantastic human being to boot. So thank you very much, Dave Fretz. Uh, I know our last question comes from my friend Jess at Renee Jess, as I've dubbed her the Scream Queen Supreme. Yep, that's right. She's got a nickname <laughs> now. So, Jess, what do you have for us this week? Mackenzie Dern had an amazing win against Rhonda. What's next for her? I'd love to see her tested, maybe against Tisha Torres. So, first of all, I think Tisha Torres would be a great matchup for her, a potential uh, problem uh, for Dern. However, uh, Dern's a problem for everybody at 115, like like I said, potentially. Um, I, liked, I liked the idea of the Titan Tornado, but... When I was reading your question and I really delved like deeper into it, here's what I came up with. And I know it does not make sense, at least right now, as far as the rankings go. How sweet would a Tatiana Suarez versus Mackenzie Dern fight be? You're talking about Tatiana Suarez with her top control, with her phenomenal ground and pound, just a dominant on top force wrestler with phenomenal GMP going against the best jujitsu practitioner in the division. One of the best in the entire landscape of mixed martial arts, Mackenzie Dern versus Tatiana Suarez. I'm not saying we're going to see it soon, but man, I would love to see that fight. See the two styles clash. Oh, it'd be super badass. I'd love it. So that's my answer for that one. Uh, Jess Tatiana Suarez, dude. That's what I'd love to see at least down the road, if not next. So thank you very much for asking that one. The, you have joined the, the rankings of those of the Rhino gang with nicknames alongside the feature play Andrea, the Einstein of graphic design and the best engineer in the biz D rates. So thank you very much, my dear friend. All righty. So Drea, I believe we have careened our way through the Twitter questions. Drea's drop of the night, your main car, two fifty three picks. We have, we have already got, we've already got you through this episode. Can you believe it? It went so fast. Now I, I, know. Now I have to go watch football. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know our beloved Lions really let it fall by the wayside in the fourth quarter last week. We'll see if they can put together they anything. They did, I know, and today is Green Bay, so 
We'll see how that goes. We'll I already see how have it plays to. Out. I already had to deal with Steve in my DMs because he's this huge <laughs> Green Bay fan, so fan. Yeah, yeah. I told him don't talk to me today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Well, future play, Andrea, you once again knocked it out of the park. We really appreciate it. And aren't you glad that I didn't bring up that I smoked you last night in our picks going eleven two and one? Absolutely, did not smoke me. He beat me by one fight. <laughs> No, but in all honesty, good well. picks. Yeah, you did definitely. You you I won. You beat me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. One me. one is no big deal. It was a very good job of picking by both of us in the CSWR crew. So you guys go ahead, go ahead and have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you a little later. All right. See you next week. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. I know our first one comes from my dear homie Kairos from the Shots Fired Pod. And what do you got for us this week, Kairos? What is going on, guys? I hope that this question makes sense because in my head it does. But when I start talking, it might not make sense. What do you think the ceiling is on Hamzat? Because me personally, I think that once he gets to the top five and top seven, he's going to struggle a little bit more because I don't necessarily think that he possesses that skill set outside of round two. I feel like it's one of those scenarios where he has unbelievable force and ability in those first two rounds. And he's shown us that. we. I can't like just disprove that he's shown us that he can be dominant in those first two rounds but we've seen that people who have output like that can't maintain that for 15 to 25 minutes the only person that we've seen who can actually do something like that is kamar Usman. like even habib takes breaks even connor had to take breaks even other fighters have to take breaks when they put out pressure like that paula costa dang near fell over putting that pressure on your way over Romero for goodness sakes and i'm not saying that he isn't impressive because i said that he'd beat damian Maya and i said that he'd beat gerard but i don't necessarily think that he can dominate like he's been dominating those people against top competitors. What do you think? Dude, Chemayev's ceiling is the title, bro, and, and, and possibly many defenses, okay? I, I, I like him at 185. I think he's better built at 185. I know the weight cut is just going to be harder and harder for him to get down to 70. Um, but I like him at 85. I think he'll be able to keep um, keep that pace that he has in fights later. I do think he'll become more grapple-heavy the later it becomes. I think facing the higher-level guys, so when, you, when we get into that six, five, four, three, two, one, and then eventually in a title shot area, I think he's going to have to rely more on the grappling. His striking is really, really good, right? But I think his absolute bread and butter and where he can beat anybody at any time is on the ground with his grappling. And I think he can keep a high pace of grappling, not necessarily both on the feet and on the ground, but I think he can keep a high pace of grappling uh, in the later rounds. I just, I get that feeling from him. So, and from what I've seen. So yeah, dude, I think, um, I think he really is. The ceiling is eventually being a titleist and defending it for a while. Cause he is a, problem all right folks thank you so much kairos if you haven't already absolutely check out kairos g and mike on the shots fired podcast it is awesome definitely give them a listen all righty i know our next one comes from the big homie jim soon jim what do you got for us this week my man what's going on you bunch of fucking casuals rhino and the rhino gang hope you all doing well uh my question for you this week rhino would you, who would you like to see Johnny Walker fight next? I posted Anthony Smith a few hours ago. I thought that'd be a fun fight to see. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Keep up the great work, buddy. You know we love the podcast. You motherfuckers know it's always 420. Peace. Yeah, dude. Johnny Walker, he's back in the mix, bro. Uh, for me, it's either Vulcan Ozdemir or Yuri Prohaska. I know they just fought each other uh, their last time out, but a lot of questions would be answered by either one of those, right? If he beats Vulcan in, in you know, dramatic fashion, then he vaults up into that top five, dude, right away. If he beats Yuri, the same thing. Or if Yuri knocks him out, like, you know, he could very well could do, then Johnny slides back down the card, right, to, you know, maybe back to 12 or 13 or 14 in the rankings. But, yeah, dude, to answer your question, for me, I'd love to see either Volkan Ozdemir next or Yuri Prohaska and see what happens. And I think we'll get a lot of questions answered. Someone's got to step up, right, dude? 205 is wide open. Whoever wins between Jan and uh, Dom, they're going to have to fight somebody. And I know Tiago and um, – uh, Tiago already just got, you know, got tested positive for COVID. That was after Glover did. So who knows if and when they're going to be able to fight next. I don't, I'm not sure. But yeah, there's a lot of spaces to be filled with guys at 205. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next. But I would love to see Vulcan or Yuri next for uh, Johnny, Johnny Walker, dude. So thank you very much. I believe that's the 
extent of our uh, call and questions for this week, Dave Rain. So before we get into our awesome uh, interview with the man the that is Slow Mike Rodriguez, I got a quick shout out and commercial for our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, K&RCustomDesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds with Rhino with my guest this week, the awesome, amazing, super cool, fabulous fighter and video gamer, out of the north, out of the beautiful northeast, slow Mike Rodriguez, UFC 205. Ladies and gentlemen, out there in podcast land, we've got a very special guest on CSWR today, my dear friend 205's next. We'll say, I'm gonna say within the next two years, Mr. Rodriguez, two years we're gonna see you hoisting gold, <laughs> slow Mike Rodriguez, UFC light heavyweight. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Dude, I'm so stoked to have you on, you know, and I, I appreciate uh, you taking the time and considering that we all saw a, a horrible robbery that was taking place at your expense not too distant past here, my friend. I appreciate you no, fighting uh... through and being here with us today. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right, Mike, I, as the people who listen know, I love to get the backstory, dude. Um, what really, how'd you really get into MMA to begin with? Like, what's the origin story? So <laughs> it's funny that you asked that. So the my um, so I got into a fight in high school, and I knocked the kid out. And when I knocked him out, uh, so like during the time in school, everybody was playing this game called um, like they were always capital. What's capital Thailand? You go, I don't know. They were Bangkok, and they would shoot <laughs> yeah. balls and run away. <laughs> yeah. So dude. that was like the height of it, and uh, everybody was playing that game. And I wasn't even playing it. I was just walking by the dude, but the dude's like five ten. Five nine, like he's not a big key dude. So I walked into him. Him and I bumped shoulders. And you know, I'm just I'm in high school, so I just got my growth spurt. You know, I hit him, and my arms just hit him like in that area. And I was like, oh shit, like I'm sorry, you know. And he tried to hit me up, and he was like, I'm tired of you and your fucking friends. And then and I was like, man, yo, who are you talking to? And I had a strawberry milk in my hand, so I just crushed him with the strawberry milk. <laughs> and I hit him with my left hand. He got knocked out on the table. It was like the biggest talk of during during the school year um i got suspended and my prince my teacher was like hey listen he grabbed me up he's like listen you got suspended but he was like man you you know you got some you got some power and he was like and your your strikes came off clean you ever trained before i'm like trained like what and he was like so i'm gonna say no more i got you so he's like here while you're suspended watch these dvds at the time he gave me a bunch of pride dvds yeah i was like what the hell is pride so i went home Popped it into my PS2, started watching him, fell in love with it instantly. Called him uh, while I was I was watching the um, the Shogun, the Shogun in a little Nog fight, and you know that fights it's one of the most iconic fights ever. For so sure. For the first time watching it, I'm like out of my seat in my room, geeking out. This is fucking <laughs> madness. This is hell, like you know. Yeah. And, uh, I called him instantly. It was like nine o'clock at night. I called him. I'm like, no, I'm like, Mr. Costi, like, you got to get me, like, how, how do I get involved with this? And uh, he's like, all right, I got you. I got you. He's like, I'm going to uh, take to a gym uh, tomorrow. So the next day, he brought me to this gym called uh, Boston Muay Thai Academy, which is right, right, it was right around the corner from my house, like right down the street. 
So I, I went there, and uh, the rest been history, man. I've just been following the journey since then. Dude, that's an amazing story. I love yeah. that you pie, you pie-faced pie somebody with a strawberry milk. That might be the <laughs> takeaway of it all. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Dude, I, so, these people still talk about that fight. Because our, our school, it wasn't a big school. It was, it was a very small school because it was new at the time. I was the like the third graduating class out of that school. Okay. So at that time, it was it was in a bunch of us, and um, yeah, they uh, like we every every time I see people, we they always talk about it still to this day. Mike, like, you remember you that time? <laughs> every time, every time, every time. I guess I'm there's like, worse oh. things to be known for. I tell you that one, dude. So yeah. Uh, so Mike, on my show previously, I've I've had Joe Janetti on the show a couple times. Randy yeah. Costa, Devin Powell, lots yeah. of dudes. Lots Randy's of dudes. Next for, week, Randy's on Saturday tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, he's tomorrow, dude. I'm so My stoked God. for it. Um, yeah. yeah, I've had him on. So I've had some great New England talent. Uh, yeah. Obviously, throw yourself, Calvin Cater, Rob Font into yeah. the mix, dude. And you've got some amazing talent coming out of the Northeast in the last few years. Uh, Randy's theory was because it's so fucking cold. In the northeast is why you guys are so tough. <laughs> so that's what you're. That's his theory. I can and get I, behind you know, that. As a as a as a fellow as a Midwesterner, I can understand that completely. Yeah. My theory on it is that not only you guys have good gyms, but your regional scene is so strong. You want to talk about yeah. cage take cage titans, which you've been a part of. CES, yeah. which you've been a part of. These are for, these are fantastic feeder organizations that are very high level for a regional scene. Do you think yeah. that was part of, do you think that's part of the success of the new England fight scene? Uh, as far as, as far as those promotions go? Absolutely. I think it's a mixture of all of that. Uh, the cold weather included. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just, that we, you know, we're like Boston is, is one of them cities where we just, we don't take shit. from Nobody, you know, well, new England as a whole, it's just how it is out there. Is everybody just got like, like what's up? What you saying? What you, what you looking at? Like you know, we always ready to fight. <laughs> so that's that one thing. And the second of all, yeah, man, those, those promotions they held it down for all of us, uh, Cage Titans and CES. Um, so it's the same. Same with this premiere on the West. In uh, I, I mean, I never fought a premiere, but I've been to premiere shows and everything. Premieres uh, Western Mass. They also got they got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Uh, so yeah, we all you know at um. We all just been working together to make it happen. I think that's the the best thing about it all is that we instead of trying to fight, we we realize there's a whole world out there, not just sure. Win. So instead of just fighting each other, we're like, nah, nah, bring the asses here to us and we'll fight them, or we'll go to them to fight them. And everybody works together. I think that's that is the the that was the thing about it that's been giving us our success. Yeah, I think this is definitely, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but right now it's got to be the strongest that that region of the United States has ever been as far as talent. You know, I mean, look at look at the names that I mentioned. I probably left off 15 or 20. What a talent-rich uh, area that comes from combat sports. We, You know, there's a great history of boxing from the yeah. area, but, you know, MMA is so young and it's in its – and it's time being in front of everybody that I think right now is like that first crop, you know, the, the 10 to 15 of you guys are really holding the flag and it's very cool. And I'm really, uh, I'm really impressed by what I've seen so far. So uh, Mike, I don't want to go too deep into it. Cause I'm sure you've already had 25,000 interviews about it. You've been asked <laughs> seven million and a half times, dude. It's all I don't want to go too deep into it, but we all saw the Ed Herman yeah. fight. We all saw that the knee was in nowhere in the nearest proximity to the cup, we know that this was a miss by Chris Tagnoni, the referee, who I call ASMR ref because he always talks so softly <laughs> and because he's got that. So, so I've, I've dubbed him ASMR ref. Oh, uh, he, he, now, he missed. every time I see him, I can't get that on my head. <laughs> that's my thing. I'm going to be thinking of that. I'm like, that's ASMR, my gift. It's ASMR ref. <laughs> so I know you've been asking a bunch, but like, where are we at in the process of, cause we know we're, I, we know there's being an attempt to uh, get the decision reversed, you know, get it overturned. Um, are, are, do we have any new information on that process as it stands? Uh, no new information about that. Uh, I think everything just got, got put in. Um, yeah. Uh, today or yesterday, uh, my manager went over it. He got his lawyer involved all that stuff. I, I'll leave all that pencil pushing to all of them. Man. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> We're fighters, know. man. We don't work that way. We work inside. Yeah. The, the cage, yeah. 
<laughs> so we don't know nothing about that. So we'll stay tuned and kind of see what happens. But again, not yeah. just as a, as a fan, but as somebody who has been fucked over by a terrible referee miss in my professional career, yeah. our hearts with you, too. We understand. I yeah. understand. And, uh, you know, all you can do is move on to the next one. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, Mike, as as a fan, uh, to me as a fan, your knees and elbows are probably the sharpest weapons that you bring in, at least that I've seen since I've started watching your career when you were on the Contender Series. Do you think that the Muay Thai aspect of MMA has been the one that's come the most natural for you? Uh, yeah, well, I started doing Muay Thai first before I got into right. MMA. Right. I was doing Muay Thai. Um, I started doing Muay Thai when I was uh, 16. Yeah. 16 and i didn't get my first mma fight till i was like 21 oh okay so five years of muay thai training before you even yeah. had an mma fight because well that makes sense because it's been such a seamless transition because your muay thai is so sharp in there dude yeah um I, yeah I, it's something that i always like i like to you know i like to get finished i like to strike and everything not saying that i don't like other aspects of the game i do but striking is dominantly like where i like i like the most um Everybody likes watching knockouts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I yeah, always dude. try to go out there and put on a good show and, you know, finish guys at the stand up. Absolutely, and you've been you've been a phenomenon to watch uh, all <laughs> the way you. back from the beginning. We 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 absolutely love you uh, watching over here at the CSWR crew. So, if you include your Dana White Contender Series fight, you've been under the Zufa banner for seven fights, dude. So you're not a rookie anymore. You know, um, yeah. have you have you found that all this experience now has kind of helped the pre-fight, the jitters and the anxiousness and stuff because you've been there enough. Now I've been asked this question too, and it never got better for me, bro. Twenty. One no. fights, I was scared as shitless from the first one all the way through the last yeah. one. It, I mean, it gets easier to manage, but yeah. it's not it's not easy. No, they still have those jitters and shit. Uh, it being it be because that's the brightest of the bright lights. I mean, it does not get there is no more bigger, you know what I'm saying, than being a UFC fighter. And I just I can't even fathom uh fighting on that level. And I just wanted to know if you know if you've seen a difference between uh, you know, the DWCS one, and then now your latest fight, like, with the, you know, the pre-fight jitters and anxiety. Uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like before, um, for Dana White, for the Contender Series, it was, uh, I had to show people what I can do. That's what it was. So, like, it, it was, it, it was the, um, job, the, you know, the job interview of, for the job landed the job i got the job now it's like your performance to keep the job you know yeah so it, just, it was just a shift of things that that changed but I, I feel like i was the most nervous i was out of all the fights i've had so far beyond the zoo man i would probably say it was my first fight okay when i fought Devin clark i was nervous it was in brooklyn um just because mcgregor was even around the whole, like, it felt like the whole card was like infested with McGregor. It didn't like, you're like walking by all these big name guys that you see all the time. Like, I'm warming, like, I'm going back doing like media stuff and I'm seeing a sign a poster next to Joanna. And I'm like, damn, I just seen her fight for the title. This is crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> right. it's like, you know, it was like nervous, uh, you know, the fact, like, one of the coolest things I saw that moment, I'm sorry, I, I, as I digress, but one of the coolest things I saw was that, so Joe, Joe Lozon, my coach, he's like, you know, he's always in our air, like, listen, doesn't matter about the lights, the crowds, whatever, it's still the same shit. You still got to go out there and fight this fucker. And that's it. Am I? So he always, like, try to keep that in our head. So he's explained that to me. And as he's sitting there explaining to me, the corner of my eye, Khabib beelines it to him. Just to say to him, it's a pleasure to meet him. And it was just like a, a just an unreal experience. Like, I'm like, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> this dude's about to, this is one of the most coldest motherfuckers on the planet. Right, right. He's about to fight for a world title. And he's coming to Joe Lozon to give him that. Like, you know what I mean? And he was like, and he was like, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you and everything. And I'm just like, man. It, it's just it's just crazy. It's Twilight Zone, dude, when things like that yeah. happen. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm like, that's <laughs> insane. Like, you like, know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
it's because because it's not like you go to a, you know it's not like you go to a, a you know a Detroit Pistons or a Bulls game and Jordan would come over and dap up your your homie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of a yeah. feeling. But that's what happens in combat sports, and it's it's hard to articulate. But yeah, dude, awesome. So, do we have any idea like when we can expect to see you back in there? Obviously, you look. You look normal. You don't have any swelling, no cuts, no nothing on you. You look good. Um, yeah. Do you have any idea when we could expect to see you back in there? Uh, probably, uh, probably December. I'll be back okay. in December. Yeah, I want to uh, go back to the drawing boards, do a couple of things, brush up on some stuff, um, things of that nature, um, and then just get cracking right back at it. Absolutely, Possibly dude. Fight again, then get another quick turnaround in two weeks. I like that energy. I like to keep it going. So I'm going to try to keep that going. It's a lot easier to stay in shape than it is to get into shape, you know. Absolutely. So <laughs> I completely understand. Uh, I'm always curious about where fighter nicknames come from, dude. So where did you pick up slow? Like, who gave you that? And what is that all about? I have no idea. <laughs> so I uh, so I, I told you I came from a, a Muay Thai background. Right. In Muay Thai, um, it's not so much like – it's not like boxing, where, like, boxing is more finesse and everything. Muay Thai is everything's from the hip. Boxers will be able to see Muay Thai punches coming from down the street. So I, um, you know, I was used to punching that way. And when I came to Joe's gym, Joe's like, all right, I want you to start doing mitts with our boxing coach, Steve Mays. So I'm hitting mitts with Mays. And Mays is like, holy fuck. This kid is slow as shit. He's like, dude, <laughs> he's like, molasses slow. He, and he's like, I could have went to Walmart, came back, and he's still been throwing a one-two. He's like, holy shit. He's like, we got to fix this. And, uh, and before, prior to that, I would always come to Joe's and um, I would come to the gym and uh, Joe's gym. And everybody used to call me Big Mike. That was my nickname. When I got there, full time, I started training there full time. They're like, no, 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 no. You are slow, Mike. So, much. <laughs> so it really came down to how fast your punching combinations were. That's where oh, it arrived. Oh, man. He'll That's like amazing. One, two, three, and he like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> like, this is so slow. I also have to, uh, I have to make an addendum to what you just said. I assure you that not all of us that were professional boxers had any sort of finesse. Some of us <laughs> had absolutely none. <laughs> no finesse, no rhythm. <laughs> Just go forward and fucking buck, dude. That's that's all I was Just ever good at. <laughs> go ham. There was no finesse. I assure oh, you, on the old Rhino's fucking uh, arsenal. Uh, Mike, you're a big 205er, dude. Like you just referenced, they called you Big Mike at one yeah. of the gyms. You're a big 205er, dude. 6'4", big dude. Um, have you ever dis discussed with your team about moving up to heavyweight? Because, man, you talk about slow. You'd be faster than the vast majority of them dudes. Uh, ha yeah. Have you ever thought about or discussed with the team seriously about moving up? Yeah, that's always been – so it hasn't been a, a concrete conversation, but it's always a flirt talk. Like, it, we yeah. always flirt around to it. Um, I mean, because, like, most of my sparring partners and training guys, they're all heavyweight guys. You know, I, I'll deal with, like, a couple 205s, but most of them are heavyweight guys. And uh, just to get that body feel and that – because uh, on the that's the one thing a lot of people don't notice is that the local, the local scenes, heavyweights and 205s, are nothing compared with the UFC. So, sure. like, I would say the the local scene heavyweights are comparable to the UFC light heavyweights. Like, like 6'2", 230, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, like, I would have to always train with those guys to get that that physical feeling. And um, so, uh, yeah, so we're, like, we're, like, we always flirt with the idea, but we never concrete set up a plan for it. So it's open-ended, so we may see something happen like that down the line. You know, you yeah. never know. All yeah. right, very I'm, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm totally open for it. I'm open for it, all of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, so speaking of heavyweights and weight, uh, is Mike Rodriguez a cook in the kitchen? Can Mike throw down in the kitchen on some things? If so, what, what can you make, dude? Uh, I, I could dabble. If I do make things, I, I usually make, like, super, like, healthy, basic stuff. To, because I always had to cook like my own meals for like my fights and shit. Well, like then then I got married, but like a lot of times I would always have to like you know we'd make our own shit. So I always been like, all right, super basic. Because if she was at work, I gotta make the food my damn self. So sure, like, all sure. Right. <laughs> so like, all right, ninety minute rice, throw that in the microwave. <laughs> ninety second rice, throw that in the yeah, microwave. yeah. Got the uh, steamer rolls, and then get me like a. Uh, 
a rotisserie chicken from like. Oh, exactly. I, I was literally just about to say that, dude. I'm like, you're talking to somebody who's the king of grab a rotisserie chicken and a bag of salad. <laughs> And Dude, right there. That's that done. Is it's a healthy <laughs> meal right there. That's a healthy meal. You got all your protein, you got your veg, yep. and it takes no preparation whatsoever. You're out of there for like seven dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, totally me too. Uh, so, Mike, we have actually careened our way into the 10th round. You're in the 10th round with Rhino, and this is what we call our Ooh. wild card. Yes, sir. This is what we call our wild card round, Mike. Okay, so you are a man who I think could carry on, uh, uh, has a vast knowledge of a lot of different subjects in your life. I know you're big into video games. I know you have a whole yep. slew of things that you're into. So, you get to have a three other people at your table for a conversation about whatever you want to talk about. They could be dead. They could be alive. Give me three people in the world who you'd love to sit down and have like a, like an hour long conversation with dude. Um, one for the fighting background, I would love, just love to pick Chael Sonny's brain. I think he's, okay. what dude, I think he's the man. I, I really do. So ever since he uh, did the ultimate fighter, like I fell in love with him since that. That's when I actually started to realize to find out who he actually is as a person. And like, you know what I mean? I, even on a coaching, like he's just next level with his, uh, his mental approach to the game. So yeah, I would like to talk to him um, for games and stuff. I would like to, there's this, there's a, uh, a pro league coach, his name is Shaz, really, really, really intelligent dude. Um, I would like to talk to, sit down and talk to him. And you got one more, one more on the table, buddy. One more. Um, honestly, I'll, the last but not least, I would say if he was alive, John Wooden. Oh, great one. Wow. Yeah, I love John Wooden. I like his philosophy. I like a lot of the things that we taught his guys. I, I love that, man. He's he's the shit. Dude, yeah. if you, yeah, the, the only thing you'd have to avoid with John Wooden is don't talk about the proper way to put your socks and shoes on. Oh, my gosh. He, <laughs> I, saw, I heard about that. Yeah. I heard about that. They would spend the first, like, 10 to 20 minutes of every practice about yep. the proper procedure of putting your <laughs> socks and shoes on before practice. And I That's would go insane. insane. <laughs> Dude, I would drive up the wall. But he's uh, definitely somebody I would I, I analyze the hell of that, man. The way uh, he, his mental approach, and you could take that and apply it to anything. Dude, be, be fast, but don't hurry. God, I love that. That's such a yeah. badass thing to say. He had yeah. so many years. So right. Oh, dude, what a great answer, Mike. I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, man. So, yeah, dude. So, bro, we have actually rocked it out. We've gotten through all 10 rounds of Rhino. I can't tell nice. you how much I appreciate you being on, dude. That was so fun. I, yeah. I am, I am, I am, I am so looking forward to the next time we can get you on. And then, dude, I'm going to send you over the uh, the poster we got made for you. I think you're going to love it. It looks sweet. And then okay, uh, we will get the, we will put this out on uh, Sunday. So I'll tag you in it on Twitter. So hopefully you check it out and uh, you like it, man. And we'd love to talk to you again next time after your next fight. Hell yeah, man. I'm down for it. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Mike. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Hey, this is Slow Mike Rodriguez, and I went 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, what a great interview. I mean, dude, this guy has handled a very interesting and rough situation with the utmost of class. I can't tell you how much I respect Slow Mike Rodriguez, uh, not only his fighting, but the attitude he has. I, I just, I'm a huge fan, and I'm going to continue to be, and I really, really appreciate him doing the show today. So, I want to shout out to our uh, contributors this week, Kairos from the Shots Fired Pod, my homie Jim Assoon, Raging Sweet Potato, Cyrus King, the Einstein of Graphic Design, Dave Fretz, my girl, the Scream Queen Supreme, Jess at Renee Jess, the Rhino Gang, dude, uh, APB, Lanta Brown, all the homies of the MCCI, Mr. B, Marquise, my dude from Week Sauce Radio. Mike and G from the fucking amazing Shots Fired pod, which I've talked a lot about on this episode. Chelsea and Delilah from the TKO. Trouble. Deja. Miss Fight Diva. The homie Raymond. Actually, the MMA nerd. Antonio Pineda. My dude, Scott Nolan, down in Texas, by way of Massachusetts. Pokemama. Both of the lovely Pamela's. The homie Ryan Mixed Man and all the rest of you homies out there. Thank you so, so very much. We couldn't have a show without all the support that you guys 
We are growing every single week, and it is amazing to watch. I'm loving the feedback. I'm loving all you guys. Uh, D. Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. My girl, Drea, for her amazing drop of the night and all the rest that she does, my feature player. Of course, Dave Fretz for his fire posters and everything else that he does. Love the Rhino Gang. You guys be safe out there. Black Lives Matter. Be kind. All these things together, man. We can get through this together, and we will see you next week. Kate Side.